Our technology series is sponsored by PTC, proud partners of the Manufacturer Podcast. The Manufacturer Podcast. Today, in the final episode of our technology series, we're mad for CAD, and so are plenty of other manufacturers, it turns out, with the PTC solution Creo making gains in the industry. We look back on this series past and look ahead to upcoming content, while also nudging you towards the current content on our website. If you quite like previous episodes, then don't worry, this one isn't necessarily worse. It's Friday the 27th of October. Hello, listener, and hello to Joe Bush and Lana Dima joining me for, as I said, this final episode in our tech series. Good morning. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, good morning. Up until about half an hour ago, uh, my house was dark. I am hugely concerned with how the weather is turning, to be honest. Like Lana's obviously buzzing, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting sad. Honestly, I am. I'm getting sad. I'm getting seasonally affected. It's bright sunshine and blue skies with here. Yeah, well, down on the sunny uh, look, Kent coast. Yeah, look, I'm not, I'm not blaming the north, um, in in any way, shape, or form. But all I'm saying is, it it was dark earlier. It's not the north's fault. It's it's winter's fault. Um, Booed. Yeah, like I I'm said, loving I'm not... it. I bet you're yeah. loving it, aren't you? I bet oh, you're yeah. like sat there underneath about Crazy. twenty blankets with a hot yep. water bottle, and you're couldn't you're as happy as a pig in poo. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go and get a pumpkin spice latte, you freak. So, sorry, sorry, sorry. That was a bit. That was a bit strong, wasn't it? But I, I do. I do feel very strongly about this, and I definitely. I, I've got I'm, no uh, time for anybody who prefers winter over summer. They're, they're they're mentally unhinged. I think. I don't necessarily <laughs> say I prefer it, but I just I was ready for a change in season. Mm. Nah. Well, I wasn't. End of another series, and uh, you know how like I normally put together. Um, some you know little bits from uh, series past and like kind of little out, out of context kind of you know sayings and and put some silly music over the top of it and you know how I normally do that uh, like a <clears> montage <throat> at the end of a series yeah I don't want to do that for this one. <laughs> you also done in, in series gone by. You've also done a quiz as well, which I'm glad yep. you've not done this time because I've I've usually lose. Yeah, because um... of quick, quick draw McGraw over there, she usually hips me to the answer every time. Yeah, I'm not doing either a quiz or a montage. Um, yeah, the game's gone, isn't it? A bit, to be fair. It's, it's sad. The, the weather's changed. The podcast isn't as fun as as it used to be. Let's just, <laughs> let's just, let's just give up. Right? Let's just pack it all in. Oh, come on. Um, that's not the attitude, Tom. Come on. Well, all right. Then let's, let's, let's save it. Let's Are you it just slowly turning into a Yorkshireman? Is that the problem? <laughs> it might be. Oh, man, it might be. There's no bloody point in this, is there? It's raining. There's no bloody point in this bloody podcast. Uh, I'm going to work down the mines by the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, let's attempt to save it a bit. Has everyone? What? what what's? What have people enjoyed about this technology series that uh, that we've done and that we're about to finish? Has anybody got any uh, any fond memories? 
Um, I, I kind of. Oh, sorry, Lana, after you. No, I was just going to say I enjoyed um, when we had like the debrief post uh, TMMX judging weeks. That's what I enjoyed. Oh, like the tales of the road trips. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And we had some hairy moments on them. We, we had like, we had near deaths by the sounds of it. Yeah, yeah. You nearly stuck a judge into a ditch. And well, all of them. I, I nearly had to the give entire... the Heimlich maneuver to another one. Yeah. Yeah. All the uh, while, was... Lana was sat at home on her backside. Praying for winter. <laughs> <laughs> Praying for winter, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that's that's nice, Deems. Yeah, thanks for recalling that. Yeah. Um, what about you, Joe? Um, I have particularly enjoyed the new segment that you've added. We've added uh, the Made by Moron. I've, I've enjoyed those because it's uh, it just gives us an opportunity to have a whinge and a moan. Um, mm. Other than that, I particularly enjoyed um, uh, Lana's latest little um, hiccup where she sat in a still as yet unidentified wet patch on the train. You are kind of one of the most accident prone people I know, Lana. Whether it's getting stuck in dresses, sitting on wet patches, it's it seems to be a never-ending smorgasbord of yeah. hiccups and... It's good content. It, True. Yeah, it, it, it's great it, stuff. It, it, I mean, it's great stuff. It, keep it up. Keep it up. <laughs> yeah, we never got to the bottom of what that uh, wet patch was, did we? Yeah, I think it's best we don't. Yeah, made and made by a moron. Yeah, new new to this uh, new to this series. I, I yeah, do do let us know what you think about this, uh, listener. It's it's not you know it's not meant to be uh, taken uh, too seriously. There's just some things that just really annoy us, um, like the uh, SD card I had to scrap with a minute ago to try and uh, try and put into the handheld recorder for this episode of a podcast. Maybe somebody can tell us. Maybe somebody that's kind of au fait with. Um, uh, well, I mean, well, I mean, it's that's that's microchip technology, right? With an SD card, does it need to be um, so tightly packed in? It's like I, it felt like I was busting one of a crew out of Alcatraz trying to get that thing out, out of its <laughs> out of its plastic container. Does it have to be so tight? I couldn't find the scissors. I had to attack it with my hands and a knife. Um, Maybe someone can can explain why it why it needs to be so hard to get into. Um, you know, it, there's some f- amazing products manufactured out there. There's just there's just some things, not necessarily the product itself, but within the sort of chain of the product. So an example there's for packaging. Just some things that we just can't get on with, and you know, sometimes we're the moron, but uh, other times, yeah, other, other times it, it needs some it needs some rethinking. But yeah. Um, I think I have enjoyed the various um, pieces of technology, the various solutions that we've heard about from our series sponsors, PTC. We've had a look at the industrial metaverse. We've learned from Rash Jayasekara about their smart factory solution, Thingworks, or rather from Rash, we sort of heard some of the insights about implementing digitalization projects and going from pilot to scale. We also heard from Paul Hames about the state of adoption in the UK and indeed from the rest of the world, from PTC's various global partners. So that's been nice and they've been good podcast sponsors, some interesting content from them. 
We're going to continue in that vein in this first half of this podcast episode. We're going to talk about Creo. Now, I don't know if anybody saw last week we had on the manufacturer website, Sheffield AMRC. Um, they are bringing apparently life-saving robo-doctor technology closer to market, which is which is pretty cool. So robotic technology that can remotely treat casualties of, well, like stuff like, you know, like a terrorist attack or a major incident or something like that. So it's taken a step closer to entering full production, apparently. And it, it impressed at a special MOD event recently. The Meditel uncrewed ground vehicle was put through its paces at Battle Lab, an initial testing ground for new technologies that can be developed in hazardous locations. Design engineers took nine months to come up with a fully working prototype, leveraging the power of PTC's Creo, which is essentially a 3D computer design, or if you like, CAD solution, to take a standard UGV platform and two robotic arms to create what many are calling the next generation robo-doctor. So, I mean, check that story out on the website. I mean, I think that's that's pretty cool. We also saw an example of Creo um, used in sustainable architecture. This came up on the website at the start of this month. Warehome, a robotic architectural practice. Uh, and they've used the power of Creo to design various high-quality homes in London. The decision to move away from traditional architectural design programs came from the desire to have greater control over the detail of projects, the ability to collaborate in real time, and the additional features that deliver clear visibility of the bill of materials. So again, that story is on our website. Again, it's a great example of this CAD solution in action. I was also lucky enough to hear more about Creo as a solution when I went to Boston earlier in the year. And you've heard a few interviews from PTC Liveworks in this series already. The big case study there was Vestas. Anyone ever heard of them? The world's largest wind turbine manufacturer? I yes, I have, yeah. I think they're Danish or something, right? I mean, obviously they're, yeah, they're global, they... but I'm, I'm pretty sure they're, yeah. Um, but they seemed a, well, they are an impressive company. Um, and again, Creo helped them with bill of materials management, connecting engineering to the shop floor. Um, Brian Justinski at PTC was giving animated show floor talks to groups of people. Animated talks, do you say? Yeah, as in he was animated. In, yeah. in, in, in terms of he was enthusiastic, he wasn't a cartoon. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just like imagining you in some sort of who framed Roger Rabbit scenario. <laughs> I'm like in the real world, but like he's a cartoon, like in Mary Poppins, where like the sort of the, the two worlds collide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. no, nothing like that. He was just he was just very enthusiastic. So I thought it would be a nice idea to interrupt him for a bit. So I went to put a camera in his face. Brian Justinski, um, a corporate experience engineer here in the seaport. Could you tell us a little bit about the work you've been doing then um, with Vestas? You were just saying they're incredibly mature in, in a lot of the stuff that you've been working with them on, so digital thread specifically. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, here in the Vestas uh, digital thread tour, we're talking about the transition of data between engineering, manufacturing, and service. Working with Vestas has been so eye-opening, the sense of scale of their product. What they're doing is so uh, wonderful with the, you know, 
being able to offset billions of tons of carbon emissions. And then specifically here, we're talking about how we can take issues from service connected assets through engineering, go through an engineering control or change control process through simulation, building skew or bomb specific information into manufacturing, only making the right thing with digital work instructions, and then ultimately using AI for uh, quality inspection. And then when we do that quality inspection, sending that back out to service so that we're replacing the right part one time uh, with an intelligent understanding of what we're trying to do. And what have been the real benefits of that, would you say? What did operations look like for Vestas before this sort of transformation, and before this partnership? Yeah, when you talk about the, the befores and afters, it's absolutely remarkable. So if you think about service, having to send a second truck roll, and I say a truck roll because that's what we typically are used to, but in this world, if you have a turbine that's offshore, it's a tremendous task to schedule the next helicopter, plane, boat, to get that thing out there. So when you talk about spare parts management, when you talk about service, it's all about being efficient. Do we have the right person? Do we have the right tools? Do we have the right parts? And do we send them out one time to do the job? Ultimately delivering either uptime, or in the case of these, more efficient power capture. And so using these types of tools, we're able to do that work the right time, the first time. How far has this kind of stuff been rolled out? I mean, I know PTC has partners you know, all over the world. How kind of widespread and, and scalable has, has this been so far, would you say? Remarkable. It, it, of course, these are large engineering systems, but core to our strategy is this SaaS transformation that we're undergoing, making our technologies faster and easier to deploy and administrate. And so that's that's our goal is to be able to provision and, and light our, our customers up even faster with these technologies. But of course, these um, a lot of the times the digital transformation is critical to our customer uh, just because they're trying to get to market faster or they're trying to reduce scrap. And so really a lot of the work is they're getting their digital house in order. So it's less about the technology gap and it's more about the right processes and procedures and our tools help them on that path. A lot of our uh, readers and the manufacturers that we speak to, um, they're SMEs, right? Like, you know, they kind of see digital transformation as a little bit um, unattainable just because of the cost or whatever. My background's in automotive, tier one automotive supplier, and I'll share with you that um, it's it's a it's a big goal, and that's why everyone's so intimidated by it. But you got to take it a piece at a time. So this specific story here, we're talking about this complete perfect digital thread. It's of course attainable. We're showing how it works. But you're more often than not, what we found, especially when it relates to sustainability, which I know everyone's after, 80% of your emissions are determined in the engineering phase. And so when you talk about making this stuff attainable or approachable, it's all about moving that problem into engineering. Can we solve it there digitally? PTC's logo, the P and the D. If we can solve it in the physical world, it's much more expensive than if we can solve it in the digital world first. And so let's solve it digitally, and that's what these tools are for. And, uh, and it's all about taking it a step at a time, specifically from value first. So pick a use case that is the most valuable to your business, deploy the technology for that. Because the manufacturing folks that we talk to, like you're saying, they're tired of technology for technology's sake. All right then, folks, let's take a look at some of the headlines on themanufacturer.com. Mitsubishi Electric has become one of a select few manufacturers to achieve third-party certification for the protection against electrostatic discharge across 
its Melfa family of industrial robots. The certification approves the Melfa ESD range for use in a variety of complex production environments. Why is this important? Well, the presence of electrostatic discharge could cause significant damage, as you can probably work out, uh, damage to the components being assembled. Ensuring your automation equipment is working with you and not against you is critical, especially in high volume production. And AMRC are exploring wire arc additive manufacturing for aerospace, mentioned already in this episode, now mentioned again uh, because they're looking at innovative technology to produce hydrogen storage tanks for aerospace applications. Dr. Evren Yasser, head of additive manufacturing for the AMRC, led a team of researchers on a project using wire arc additive manufacturing, a production process used to 3D print metal parts that uses an electric arc to melt a metal wire, depositing layers of melted metal on top of each other until a 3D shape is created. Smart. And then finally, ABB Robotics and Porsche Consulting have announced their collaboration to drive automation in the construction industry with a pilot project to develop innovative new practices in modular housing manufacture. The collaboration will help to meet the need for more affordable and sustainable buildings and reduce the environmental impact of construction amidst widespread labour and skill shortages. There's just a few examples of some of the stories up on the website at the moment taken from our automation and innovation channels. Check it out. There's plenty more to come. In fact, even at the time of recording, I'm sure there's some new stories up. So do take a look. Unlimited access to manufacturer.com will cost you just £5 a month. And for UK readers, that includes additional subscription to the Manufacturer magazine for free. And actually, guys, you've been updating the news feed, right, while uh, James has been away. Any updates there? Anything interesting that you've come across? Yeah. Um, well, so yeah, I've been covering James is in uh, San Francisco of all places. Um, so yeah, he's he's um, living his best life. Um, yeah, but yeah, so I've been covering covering the news for him. But um, just uh, looking back over the last couple of days. Um, in the automotive sector, Britain's car makers have delivered the best September since 2020. Um, figures out from the Society of Motor Manufacturers and Traders, SMMT. Um, that's the, on the site today. Airbus are investing in this in a uh, lower emission uh, ships on their shipping fleet. They're uh, looking at um, low emission roll-on roll-off vessels supported by wind assisted propulsion so that's uh that's good that's news cool. from them yeah, that's pretty cool uh, yeah. anglo-american are again on the sort of the sustainability side of things is um uh they've they're presenting a their sort of sustainability performance update and and how they they can uh look at the sort of the future of more sustainable metals and mineral mineral mining uh so that's that again that's an interesting interesting story um what else have we got? Oh, I, there's been a an, again on the on the sustainability sustainability side of things. AUB and Imperial College London have extended their carbon capture collaboration. Nearly five thousand students um, getting involved with AUB's technology solutions um, at their carbon capture plant in London. Uh, Fantastic. Uh, yeah, looking at uh, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, plenty to get your teeth into on themanufacturer.com.
Nice one. Yeah, do check it out, folks. And uh, we've already given a nod to this um, event in a previous episode. But it's worth mentioning again because it's uh, it's taking place in, well, just a few days now, right? On Tuesday, the editorial team will be out in full force to cover an event at the MTC. And it's going to be fun and it's going to involve Lana doing a some form of presentation, which I've been told we're not allowed to go and watch. No, you're absolutely not. And I mean mm. it, so don't don't even think about it. Um, but yeah, it's been a while since we've all kind of been at an event together at the same time, hasn't it? Well, it doesn't sound like yeah. we can be very together, considering we can't come anywhere near you. Well, yeah, <laughs> true. Maybe we should always keep it like that. <laughs> So what's what's the issue there? Why can't we sit on the same table as the as the session you're doing? Well, partly because you you know everything about me anyway, so listening to my insights is not going to give you any new information. But also because I've kindly asked you not to, because it will make me more nervous with people I know there. So you should just go and learn something from someone else. <laughs> I consider myself oh, wow. told. I was going to say. It's weird that like, seeing sort of some familiar, friendly faces is going to make you more nervous. I would have thought it'd be the other way around. I thought that would put you more at ease. No, it won't. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this has gone from me suggesting um, a staged heckle during um, Lana's presentation to us just being banned full stop from even coming within any sort of radius of of her of of talk is yeah all right i mean all right threatened yeah. me with the heckle maybe then it wasn't there wasn't a threat it wasn't a threat it could have been really could, could have been iconic it could have been i mean it would have taken a bit of planning and probably would have gone wrong actually now i think of it but um but it, you know, it would have been great all the other people welcome just not joe and tom <laughs> <laughs> or anyone else i know from the manufacturer it's taking place on yeah, 31st of October, so... Ooh, Halloween. Oh, I didn't realise that. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, of course yeah. it is, isn't it? Spooky. Uh, changing perceptions. Changing perceptions, right, Lana, um, being... Yep, and hosted by Innovate UK in partnership with... The Institute for Manufacturing, uh, Interact, uh, and Lloyd's bank as well very good very good very cool, good cool. looking forward to it well let's just finish this episode and indeed this series off with uh with a quick made by a moron made by a moron i think it's going to be an appropriate one as as this is the last made by a moron this series Mm. And I'm probably going to say, I'm just going to say it. And for many people, there will be no need whatsoever to provide any more elaboration on it. So here it comes. South Eastern trains. <laughs> the end. Okay. The end. Okay. Absolutely. Gonna... <laughs> absolute. Can I say cockwombles on the air? Yeah. 
Oh, well, yeah, absolute cockwombles, <laughs> the, the, the lot of them. They just, they, not only were trains delayed left, right and centre, we were told to get on one and then five minutes later told to get off the same train because it was the wrong one. They only had three platforms to choose from and they just picked the wrong one. And it got me thinking afterwards, in the broader scheme of things, in the broader scheme of life, if you think about the the the, the food we buy, the, the luxuries we treat ourselves to, the services we need to get by, et cetera, in life in general. Bearing in mind the cost of train travel, can you think of anything else in life that is less value for money than train travel in the UK? I'm going to throw it out there to you. I'm going to throw it out there to our listeners. But if you're weighing up cost against service provided, is there anything out there that is less value for money? It is a it is a very it is a very interesting point because they are just complete. Well, I say they're up the they're up the spout now. This has been a, the case for you know I'd say at least a couple of years now, right? Like oh, really, yeah. really bad trains. Terrible. I mean, like yes. They've always been delayed, but the last couple of years, you know, it was delayed here and there, but the last couple of years just feels like it's been particularly rubbish. Yeah, and the I mean, cost when, goes up every year yeah, as well. Uh, I mean, look, if you, if you sit on one and there's no delays and, you know, you get from A to B, then the principle of trains is absolutely, you know, fantastic. It, it's, a, it's a brilliant, if it goes, if they go without hiccups, it's fantastic. It's a fantastic service. But yeah, the level of disruption at the moment, and and you're right. You know, it it's, it costs me, yeah, it costs me best part of a hundred quid to get from, you know, north to south at the moment. Living where I live, right on the south corner of the southeast coast, I've got yeah, to you're like eighty quid into town, like every time. Yeah. Eighty quid into yeah, eighty odd quid into yeah. uh, into London, and then I can. But then if I just like hop over the twenty odd twenty six odd miles it is over onto the continent, then. I, I, you know, you can see train services that run absolute on absolute clockwork. Mm. And so, so that you know, you've got, we've got a, on our doorstep. There's like ready-made examples of the fact that it can be done, and it can be done at a reasonable cost to the consumer. Because like, even if train travel was half the price of what it is at the moment, it would still not be providing value for money. Again, you know, considering this, how bad the service is, and the southeastern aren't even the worst one. I mean, you, you, uh, that that sort of the line that commutes from Brighton into, uh, I think it's is it Waterloo? Yeah, I think it's Brighton into Waterloo on the southern network. There, there, there. That, that that's horrendous. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. horrendous. What What are you saying is made by a moron? We're going to have to get granular on this, because um, because because you're right. Because I mean, yeah, the whole thing is a mess at the moment but what what specifically well, is the whole the, the the whole system is moronic isn't it because i watched a documentary about this a while ago because it's all fragmented so the trains are owned by one company the infrastructure is owned by another company and mm. the and this rolling stock is, is owned by another company so getting all those three elements to get all their ducks in a row to provide a, re, a reliable service is almost impossible mm. um so i think it's it's the process and the the system the system is yep. is moronic the system is broken it needs sort of ripping up and starting again <laughs>
made by a moron. We will return next week, we're hoping. So as I mentioned, we'll all be attending this event at the MTC in Coventry uh, next week. So there will be insights from that to digest. And I believe, is James going to be back from San Francisco or is he going? He's back, back from his travels next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So, so we'll, some, we'll see what sort of diseases he's managed to pick up this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, it sounds like he's got some uh, some pretty some pretty decent content from from that event as well. So there'll be plenty to chew over next week. Join us same time on Friday. And until then, uh, enjoy yourself. Stay safe. Uh, don't get any trains. Uh, don't get swept away by any rivers. Bye bye now. Bye bye. Bye.